The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, right across from me. He's the one, the only, the hairy beast from the not-so-far east, Tammy, the Sasquatch Underwood. Morning, Tim. Morning. I don't hear the soundtrack in the background. That's because I have it all the way down. Listen okay. close. Listen close. Okay, I do now. Normally, it's like right there, and I was like, something's wrong. That's because you hear the intro music first, because I started oh, a little bit okay. sooner than what I did. Okay. Gotcha. So, hi, everybody. <laughs> no, it's early Saturday morning, so I'm a little groggy. I'm, I'm uh, starting sorry. my cup of coffee. I'm good. That's right. I forgot you haven't even had a cup yet. I'm like three cups in. I know, because you got up at, what? oh, almost five. Uh, it's like four or something. I got up a couple different times during the night. So, there's a couple things I want to talk about before we even go on. I got to look for this person. Hold on. Are you like talking about our South Africa girl? Yeah, what the hell was her name? Her Helena Juiced. Juiced? You remember because we said it's like they pronounce just in the South. Juiced. I knew it started with an H, but I swear to God, I can't even remember my own freaking name. Helena Juiced, you are awesome. She is awesome. I love what you tagged me in because I am a sexy, hairy beast. (laughs) I mean, I'm telling you, man. What's really funny is some people haven't actually gone to look at our photos. But some have. <laughs> and it's like, what they do is like, they're all about showing you the bald hairiness. <laughs> well, uh, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's like the voice does not match what I look like. So no, not at all. People think, wow, man, this guy must be like ripped and he's probably really super good looking. And, and because he's just, he's got that announcer's voice. Because I've been doing commercials for some other radio stations. Right. And you've and, always had that like. I mean, because you have all multiple voices in your head, not mm-hmm. like voices that talk. I'm not you schizophrenic, know. guys. Yeah, exactly. Because those are outside your head, not in your head. Yes, he Anyways. is. <laughs> yes, he is. He is schizophrenic. <laughs> Run from, I am not schizophrenic. <laughs> yes, you are. No, you're Fuck multi-personality. You. No. You're Fuck you, dissociative Scott. identity disorder. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, no, man, yeah. So, like, I, I, because we've, we've chit-chatted back and forth with Flaina once or twice, uh, especially when we did the, uh, the, uh, Ah, the B one murders. The B one murders. Yeah, she talked like to that. us about that on Facebook. What a yeah. sweetheart, man! And then I found out that she's a hairstylist. Yes, she is. And Helena, you can style my beard anytime. Or his back hair. <laughs> I have no back hair well, now. Yeah. Ta-da. Okay. Let's let's tell everybody he made me <laughs> remove it. I'm not saying it was like. I mean, I don't mind back hair when it's on somebody, <laughs> but when I'm removing hair, it's just gross to me. And I, I mean, I find that with hair in the shower, everything. My mom used to have to clean out the drain because I wouldn't touch it. Well, I, I was going to go see the waxer, but the problem is, I didn't want to be like I didn't. Want, I didn't. My, my back was looking pretty bad, and like I didn't want her to call the uh, the zoo. Well, and not just that is, it's hard to wax longer hair. I'll tell you why, because it's more painful. The shorter the hair is, that's why you need to do continuous waxing. Because the shorter the hair is, the less painful it is when you get it yanked. I've been married a few times. I know pain. from your body. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Did you see that post that uh, I tagged you and Jen Dolan? 
It was in one of Maybe. our uh, serial killer groups that we're a part of. And it was something about, I don't date a woman unless she has the potential to stab me. <laughs> That's facts. And I was That's like, facts. you know what? This screams Scott Alexander because he will not date a woman unless she is cray-cray and will do bodily damage. I don't know, man. <laughs> Helena's looking pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't look cray-cray. Because actually she, yeah, okay, so here's this, yeah, I'm going to read for everybody what she tagged me in on this. Although she might be cray-cray. <laughs> she could be. Who knows? But. If I can, if it'll pull up without trying to get me onto Pinterest. No, well, there it is. I was just, yeah. It says, "I hate being sexy, but I'm chubby, bearded, so I can't help it." And that's facts. That's facts <laughs> right there, man. No, because okay, so I know how y'all see, uh, hear my voice, okay? Because I sound like, oh my, like I said, you must be fucking like totally a good looking guys. I look like a biker, okay? I've got, yeah, I've got like a a, a bit of ink. My ears are pierced. I got a long goatee. I look like, and, and I have rest. I have resting bitch face. That's the only way to put it. Oh, dude, you do. Yeah, because like everybody who sees me goes, "Oh my god, it's got in a bad mood. Like he looks like he's gonna hurt somebody. Oh yeah, he looks really angry." Guys, this is my fucking face. I you can't change. It. I woke up with it this morning. I realize that I have it too because when I was doing the instant the grocery delivery thing. I literally standing in line, and this girl was going really slow, and I think she was new. And I was just standing there looking at what's going on, and she goes, I'm so sorry. I don't, you know, she goes, I'm really sorry that I'm going so slow. And she's like looking at me in a panic. I go, you're fine. And then I realized, I go, oh, wait, I have resting bitch face. Don't worry about it. And then I kind of smile, and she goes, okay, thank you. But, yeah, she was, like, thinking I was going to bitch her out or something. Yeah, that's what everybody sits there and thinks. They, they think that I'm going to attack him. And the, yeah. the truth is actually quite the opposite. I I pride myself on being a fairly nonviolent person after anger management. Well, I was going to say, but not only that, it's like you are so comedial and easy, jovial and everything and easygoing that once you get to know you, because, you know, um, it's like, Wow, dude, this guy is not what I. Because you do, you think biker dude or um, M, uh, MMA fighting or something like that with yeah. just your look, yeah. you know. I, I, I mean, you like don't really shit. have the body for MMA, but you know. Uh, I do if they're barrel racing or something. <laughs> yeah, like, say, but your no, but your facial look, you know, well, that mean. I, I've got the body of an MMA of a, of a MMA uh, prop, like they're throwing barrels at each. I beat the barrel. You'd be uh, their kick dummy. That's right. And I beat the shit out of this big ass thing right here. Like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah right pretty here. much. Yeah. Fucking, that's all of me. But like when when I was working out all the time and I had a lot of muscle mass, um, I got a lot of dude. You look like Steve Austin, the the pro wrestler. Um, because I worked you out. You do kind time. of a little bit. Yeah, and now in I'm, your face. Now I'm like fat Steve Austin. <laughs> well, he might be too. We haven't seen him lately. <laughs> Oh, hey, Steve-O, did you get addicted to some donuts like I did? Yeah, maybe. Chicken fried steak? No, I, I feel did you. you get some voodoo? Yeah, I, uh, I I feel your pain, brother. I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Okay, okay. let's... Yeah, let's get into this let's one. Let's get into this one This here, is a two-parter. We've only got a few minutes before Todd calls Oh, that's in. true, huh? Okay, this one is actually going to be a two-parter because it's like, you know. But anyways, we've been researching and presenting cases for so long that I rarely find a case that shocks me to my core. 
Now, however, I'm still trying to wrap my my head around the case I'm featuring today. Scott recently, well, it was a while ago now because I put this case on the back burner for a while, recently reached out to fans in our Citizens of Brutal Nation group on Facebook asking if they wanted us to cover a specific case on the show. The response was so overwhelming, and fans are still giving us suggestions. I mean, we just got another one the other day. In fact, we've already featured a few of them. So then on May 31st, I received a private message. And here's a shout out to one of our big one of our biggest fans. You know, her and I text each other daily from Cheryl Lucas Wolfgram telling me about a case she wanted us to cover. Now, Cheryl is a listener living outside of Chicago, Illinois, who just recently became a citizen. In fact, she started listening to the show out of curiosity when she found it scrolling through podcasts on Audible. I mean, who's not going to click on, if you're a true crime podcaster, who's not going to click on Brutal Nation? Plus, she has the most adorable Rottweiler. She does have the most adorable Rottweiler. She sent me pictures of her last Every night. Every time I see a picture of her Roddy, I just seriously want like to fly to Chicago. Did she send you the one where she's like laying on the like the arm of the couch, like sprawled out, looking human? Oh hell yeah, man! <laughs> Every time I see the picture, I just want to fly to Chicago just so I can go to her house and kiss her Rottweiler. Oh, you're just such a cutie, aren't you? Thank I'm, you for kissing. I'm just here to kiss your Rottweiler. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, I'm flying back home now. <laughs> yeah. So, like most of our fans, she quickly became a loyal listener and an active contributor in our group. Now, the case she brought to our attention is about the murder and. This is going to piss a lot of people off. It pissed me and Scott off. A five-year-old Andrew A.J. Freund. It's F-R-E-U-N-D, but it's pronounced Freund. Um, In Crystal Lake, Illinois. A suburb of Chicago. Now, on April 18th, 18th, 2019, the authorities were dispatched to the Freund house after receiving a call reporting little A.J. missing. It wasn't long before the entire community rallied around the family and organized search parties to look for him. In fact, Cheryl and one of her daughters, because she has three, were among those who took to the streets looking for the five-year-old boy. Everyone involved was shocked to find out he wasn't far away and he wasn't alive anymore. After AJ's remains were discovered, information surfaced that rocked the small community to its foundation. This case has brought forth allegations of procedural misconduct within the Illinois Department of Child and Family Services, DCFS, from here on out in the article. In fact, AJ's parents, 36-year-old Joanne Cunningham and 60-year-old Andrew Freund Sr. were arrested and charged with murder. Now, Cheryl brought this case to us. Because it's personal to her, and she feels five-year-old AJ deserves justice. Sadly, he's no longer alive, and his voice can't be heard. So he needs someone to speak to him, to speak for him, excuse me, to shed light on the series of events that led to the death of an innocent child. From listening to our show, Cheryl believes we can be the voice that gets to the truth and calls for a system to be held accountable. Now, after going through the case, I came to one very sad and disturbing conclusion. The system that was supposed to protect AJ failed him miserably. I honestly believe AJ might still be alive today if he hadn't fallen through the cracks of a terribly broken system. And I know we can't bring AJ back, but perhaps, just perhaps... We can prevent the same tragedy from befalling another innocent child. And I'm going to do my best to bring AJ any amount of justice I can. Okay? Now, that's out of the way. Now, the system failed before AJ was born. When I 
was finished sifting through all the official reports and articles related to the case, I honestly believe the system failed AJ before he was born. Approximately one year before Joanne gave birth to AJ, she already had one 13-year-old biological son. Normally, I wouldn't say having children is a crime. But yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, some it is. People, I said, but in her case, I question the logic. Freaking kids at Walmart. That's all I got to <laughs> say about that shit. Freaking hey, kids at Walmart. We have fans that say their kids behave in Walmart. Brian, shout out. <laughs> no, yeah, no, Brian. Brian he was one that like, said, hey, at least my daughter knows how to behave in Walmart. No, Brian, 100%. Like, I can't say enough good things about Brian Engel. Like, seriously, man. No, he's our go-to. He's he's a phenomenal guy. He's like, uh, I'm serious. I am, I'm so glad that he's a listener and, and, and has now become a, a friend. Oh, yeah. Because he's just, Brian, you're just totally. freaking amazing. He and is. keep in mind, I love you more than I love Jen in Florida because Jen's a freak and wants to be skinned like an animal. <laughs> Jen is kind of a freak, but I like Jen too. You know, I her like- and I are buds, and I still cringe every time I get a message from her on Facebook saying, she's been Check a mental- this out. <laughs> she's been a mental institution. <laughs> hey, she did say that Walker would be all for having the dog tattoos. Jesus Christ. And you know the what? I'm saying, spreading. you know what? I'm saying I don't know about this yet because I'm on the fence both ways. But I will tell you this. If she does it, I want that Kemper tattoo so bad. <laughs> all right. Continue on. Jesus okay. Christ on a fucking cracker. Okay. Now, however, she was also approved by DCFS to be a foster parent for the state. Again, normally not a crime. Here's where the system failed. The procedural misconduct occurred and the crimes began. Keep in mind, AJ was still a glimmer in his daddy's eye at this point, right? Nearly one and a half years before Joanne gave birth to AJ and after she was approved to be a foster parent, there were signs something terrible might be taking place might take place in the future. Let me explain. On June 7, 2012, the officials at DCFS received a complaint accusing Joanne of inadequate supervision. In other words, she placed her foster child in a situation that required a higher maturity level than, than they were re- reasonably expected to have based on their physical condition, age level, and mental acuity. Right? According to reports, the person who filed the complaint accused Joanne of being a pill popper. They further alleged that she consumed the unauthorized prescription medication. She blatantly ignored the welfare of the child placed in her custody. However, when a caseworker went to her house to investigate the allegation, they deemed the complaint was, quote, unfounded. In other words, their report stated they couldn't find any evidence substantiating Joanne was guilty of neglecting and or abusing her charge. Right? Okay, I'm following. Okay. I'm hip to the scene. But it didn't stop there. The, if the unfounded report was the only red flag prior to the incident question, I don't think I would now accuse the system of failure. How, after all, sometimes someone's perception of what's taking place is not even close to the reality of the situation. Or perhaps the person filing the complaint had an axe to grind with Joanne. Or the foster child's biological mo- mother reported the allegations out of fear of losing her child or anger her child had been taken from her, Right. There could be several reasons for the complaint that would cause the case fi- caseworker finding it unfounded, but it didn't stop there. On December 24th, 2012, approximately six and a half months later, another complaint was lodged against Joanne with DCFS. This time, the caller filed two allegations against her. Environmental neglect because of blatant disregard by the child's parent or legal caretaker's responsibilities they created an environment for the child that could cause their health, well-being, and welfare being placed in harm. The 
and environment injurious, which that's the actions of the child's parent or legal caretaker created a real significant and imminent risk of moderate to severe harm to the child. According to the official report, the caller alleged Joanne's addiction and abuse of prescription medication placed her oldest biological son in danger. Again, a caseworker visited her home, conducted an investigation, and again, they concluded the allegations were unfounded. Now, there's an old saying that goes, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you, right? Unless you're GW Bush, fool me once, (laughs) shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on you, you know me. You, uh, you know what? I'm out of here. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. Now, here's where I was at with this case until this point. The allegations filed against Joanne with DCFS involved two different victims. However, there was one basic underlying theme. Both complaints accused her of being abusing prescription meds which potentially placed her foster child and her son in danger. Now, even if they didn't take immediate action, she would have at least been, she should have at least been placed on probation, right? With DCFS. You would think, but no. Yeah, but no, she wasn't. Then more evidence surfaced that substantiated the original complaints. On October 14th, 2013, Andrew A.J. Freund was born, Okay. Considering the timing of his birth, he was conceived around the time or shortly after the second complaint was filed. Therefore, even if Joanne was abusing prescription medication when the allegations were filed, she had plenty of time to stop taking them before her second son was born. But she didn't. Two days after AJ was born, on October 16th, DCFS received a third complaint against Joanne. This time, it didn't come from an anonymous source. It came from the hospital administration. According to the official hospital report, staff conducted routine blood testing on the mother and newborn child, which they do all the time, no matter right. what you look like, no matter your condition that you come in. Right, right. I have kids. I know that shit yeah, happens. Yeah, I was going to say, they did it to me and my son. Results of those tests indicate both of them tested positive for alarming levels of prescription, benzodiazepines, and opiates. Jesus okay? Christ, man. AJ, I mean, the little baby. So you know she was taking heavy amounts of it when she was pregnant. Right. No totes. Totes baguettes. You know, so AJ was officially classified as an addicted infant. It took approximately one month for the DCFS to conclude their investigation. But in the end, they decided it was best to remove him from the custody of his parents for his own safety. Now, on November 14, 2013, DCFS officials removed AJ from his parents and placed him in the custody of the Illinois Juvenile Court temporarily. After a couple of hearings, the department officially placed him in a relative foster home by granting custody to one of his adult cousins. At that time, which happened in your case, you've talked about it. Right, right. I'm going to get into DCS. DCFS? Yeah, yeah uh, and we here we just call it... Uh, Department of Children's Services? DCS. Oh, okay. That's it. I had to freaking sound it out. Sound it out, Scott. Use your words. Use your words, Scotty. Now, now at the time, the court ordered Joanne and Andrew Sr. Sr. to undergo mandated drug treatment and court-ordered parenting classes. Now, for approximately one year after AJ was placed in foster care, everything appeared to be going well, at least on the surface. However, I kept digging and found an official report that should have kept A.J. out of his parents' custody forever. If procedures would have been properly followed, his older brother, 
I don't know why I put older brought. Older brother should have been placed in foster care as well. Then, when his younger brother was born, approximately one month later, um, he too should have been placed in foster care. Now, in 2013, shortly before AJ was born, or after he was placed in foster care, the kind of the dates are a little hazy there. Laura Lee Hughes, Joanne's mother, offered more allegations of her own. Although I couldn't determine the exact date, I found she filed a petition for an order of protection alleging Joanne and AJ's, um, Andrew Sr. weren't caring for Joanne's oldest son properly. According to the official petition she brought to the court, the couple placed the oldest child to, quote, live in constant fear, hunger, and filth by, quote, denying him medical care, food, clean clothing, and a healthy living environment. Wow, what two peaches. Right. Impressed with your parenting skills there, you assholes. Well, to substantiate her claim, she listed 39 points for the court's consideration. 39. Jesus, it's And I'm actually going to go through some of them. My whole thing here is, I always told my son, because he always goes, I have the right. I'm like, "Uh, honey, you don't have any rights until you're 18. You have the right to a roof over your head. Food on the table and clothes on your back. Unless you get arrested by the cops and you have the right to remain silent. <laughs> However, every time I've been told that, I don't have the ability. You know what? Keith said that too, remember? He said, I have the right to remain silent. I just didn't have the ability. I feel his pain on that one. Like, for reals, man. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Sir, you have the right to remain silent. Well, this is what we think you did. Well, I think you're a fucking dickhead. So you why know don't what? you fuck That's yourself? exactly what happened to me in my case because I was, I was quiet. Until they said, well, so-and-so said this, and it was a blatant lie. I'm like, okay, you know what? Fuck that shit. This is what really happened. (laughs) (laughs) And I knew I was in trouble then. But Laura Lee stated Joanne left her oldest son in her mother's care for extended periods of time for two months, beginning in August 2012. Apparently, in August 2012, Joanne was hospitalized for several days. Not wanting to leave her son alone, she asked her mother to take care of him. This went on for approximately two months. Normally, I wouldn't fault her for that decision. Then I read further. Sometime in October 2012, Joanne took her oldest son to her mother's house and asked her to keep him. From then until the date the petition was filed, Joanne did not take her son back home. According to the petition, Laura Lee claimed the child gave her information that, about what his living conditions were like with his mother. And the petition cited some of the following complaints. The child told... Oh... Yeah, the child told Laura Lee his mother frequently took trips to Elkhorn, Wisconsin, approximately 38 and a half miles north of Chicago, to purchase prescription meds. When the child lived with his mother and Andrew Sr., he frequently watched them consume unauthorized medications until they became intoxicated. Frequently, while Joanne was intoxicated on the unauthorized prescription, she would operate a motor vehicle with the child as a passenger, and he stated there were many times he feared her erratic driving would cause an accident. And to back this allegation, Laura Lee claimed Joanne had been pulled over multiple times and subsequently cited for driving under the influence. Now, in late August 2012, Joanne would drop the child off at Laura Lee's house for extended periods of time. During those times, Joanne had a stable residence and her boyfriend, Andrew Foreign Sr., lived with her. In a surprising twist, Joanne was also going through a divorce and Andrew Sr. was her attorney in that case. <laughs> you know, nothing like paying for services with other means, right? <laughs> I don't know what that's like. <clears throat> yeah, you do. That's why you're on Sandy Boulevard. 
You know what? You and my friend Danelle, screw you both. <laughs> <laughs> I fell in love a little bit with Danelle after that comment about you meeting her on 82nd. <laughs> Under the jiggle sign. Under the jiggle Let's sign. Let's not forget that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, my God. I think I'm a little bit in love with, Dan- with Danelle and her. It's I know, right? Awesome. <laughs> now, from late August 2012 through October 2012, every time Laura Lee took the child back over to the house on Dole Avenue, it was unfit for anyone to live in. She noticed dirty dishes, garbage, and dog feces scattered throughout the house. She always took the time to clean everything up, and it often took at least two hours to complete the task. That's how filthy this house was. Fucking gross, man. Yeah. Clean your fucking place, people. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, I mean, I understand clutter, but I don't understand dog feces and dirty garbage. I mean, but then again, I was a hoarder at one time because I had a mental breakdown, and... Is that a hoarder or whore? Hoarder. Oh, my bad. With my bad. Please continue. I wasn't a horror. <laughs> <laughs> I am a horror now. Um. Anyways, on the days when the child stayed with Joanne at her house on Dole Avenue, he often went without being fed. He told Lorelai in an average seven-day period, he would only have enough food for one meal every other day. Jeez, dude, that's yeah. that's where I gotta well, draw the line, man. That's fucked up. Yeah, right I there. knew that would screw with you because you know you have you're very food motivated. You're like my dog. Well, my dog's I, not food motivated, but he's praise motivated. You're food motivated. And, and here's why, listeners. Here's why: because I was raised poor, okay, and there was times that we had to go without, like without food. Right. Uh, now, and I made myself a promise that once I started making money, a substantial right. amount of money. That there will always be food in my house, and I will feed, literally, I would feed my worst enemy, because yeah. I don't think that anybody should go Oh, I know. Hungry, you ever. tell me all the time when I come over, I go, dang, I'm a little hungry. I should have eaten you. Go, like, go get some food. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always have tons of food. Always, 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 yeah. always. I will feed anybody, because I don't think that anybody should go hungry, and that's because I went hungry. Right. And to starve a kid... Because you want to buy dope. You know what? They can fuck themselves. Like, well, for and real, that's man. just it. I mean, because I grew up on an active dairy farm with my grandpa had a huge, huge garden. And we always, you know, raised, you know, pigs and cows and chickens and rabbits. So we always had meat, you know. So we only had to go to the grocery store for the staple. So I don't know what it's like to be hungry like that. But I do know that my mother would take our last can of food and last loaf of bread and give it to somebody who needed it. And I could be like, Mom. What are you doing? She goes, I know we won't go hungry, but I don't know if I don't give them this, that they won't. Facts. You That's know, facts, so man. she would give them anything she had. Right. So even to this day, when they do those uh, can drives for the mail, I constantly put shit out there. Oh, hell constantly. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm big on giving back. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I made two promises to myself when I started making money is that number one, I know that if I don't give back. Karma will kick my ass and I lose everything. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's setting my mind into that I won't let anybody intentionally go hungry. That's yeah. It. Okay, let's keep on going because okay, we yeah. got a half hour till, yeah, uh, I know. till, your, till your fiance so, calls in. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm going to have to tell him what people have said. So during the time span specified when the child was staying with Joanne, she sent him to school without providing him with a sack lunch or money for him to purchase lunch from the cafeteria. And from what I understood, she didn't even sign up for the free lunch program. You know, which is like, you know what? They offer that to almost anybody, you know? So according to the child, when he was staying with Joanne, there was never any food in the refrigerator or cupboards. And he claimed that sometimes all he had to eat were stale marshmallows and water. Jesus. Yeah. 
So the child said on the rare occasions when Joanne or, and or Andrew Sr. brought food into the house, they prepared no meals. He said he would bring, they would bring home enough food for one meal every other day, and he was left to prepare it himself. And they, he also claimed they would force him to prepare their meals as well. As well. Keep in mind, he's 11 years old. That's, that's fucked. You know what? My son knew how to cook by that age, but I didn't expect him to cook us full meals. Right, right. No, totally. You know? Totally, totally. Because I taught him how to, you, you know, be in a kitchen from the time he could stand up and watch me cook. Which he should because he's half Asian. Right, They all right. should be working in well, kitchen. Well, he's really, he's a really good cook, too. He should be going, never too lucky special. <laughs> You're so stupid. You want fried rye or noodle? No, you're so dumb. <laughs> now, where was I? Um... Oh, except for the times Laura Lee took the time to clean the house at Dole Avenue, the child was for- forced to live in unsanitary conditions. Dirty dishes strewn about the house, dog feces covering the floor, and dirty laundry piled everywhere. Now, why can't you let a dog out? Well, exactly. I it's, mean, even if you don't have is... a fence, get a tether. We had to do it. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, we had one of those freaking 20-foot tethers. They'd freaking run to the end, poop and pee, come right back, and they'd be happy. Right, or train them, because, like, my dog's got a shock collar. Uh, right. Don't hate me, people. It's no, it's not one sentence. of those electric fence things. Yeah, it's an electric fence thing. And as soon as it beeps, she freaks the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, because my, my back fence is just, it's all fuckered up, and I'm trying to get it fixed. Right. But, um, yeah, it just it goes beep, beep, and then all of a sudden she's like, fuck this, I'm back in. That's, I'm dip. It Dude, it that hole anymore. one time as she was getting ready to go out the door, and she, like, panicked and came running back. She like, take this off. <laughs> Now, the child also ha- often had to go to school wearing dirty clothing or clothing that didn't fit him right, which, you know, that causes bullying, which is abuse in itself. And Laura Lee claimed she often had to purchase new clothes for him to wear. Even after purchasing the proper fitting clothing, Joanne seldom did laundry, so the child was forced to wear dirty clothes for days on end. On the days Laura Lee stayed to clean the house, she would gather up their dirty clothing and take it back to her house to wash, and she claimed it often reeked of animal urine. When the child stayed with Joanne at the house on Dole Avenue, he came home from school and she wouldn't come to, out of her pe- her bedroom upstairs. She never attended to his needs or took care of him. He had to fend for himself. Again, he's 11 years old. The age in Oregon to leave your child alone is 12. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. because that's the age of re- that's the age of responsibility where even law enforcement clicks that hey, they know right from wrong. And everything. I don't know. For me, even at 12, that's kind of sketchy. You know what I mean? Right. Like, even at 12, I'm, I'd be looking at my kids going, uh, I, know, I know you're almost a teenager, but you're 12. So I know you want to be an adult, but I don't want to have to come home and put a foot in your ass. So let's get well, your babysitter. Well, yeah. And I always told myself, I mean, because I would often leave him alone, you know, for a couple hours at, after 12. And I'd be like, don't touch the stove. You can use the microwave and don't freaking open the door or answer the phone. That's it. Which is exactly what I would do. I mean, come in, stranger person, stranger <laughs> danger. Hold on. Let me turn the stove on and put a freaking pot on there without anything in it except for maybe like butter and explosives. Well, I do know one day I came home and the house was like was filled with smoke. I'm like, what the fuck? He had put in one of those freaking cup of soups or whatever and forgot to put water in it. Oh, no, that happens. Yeah, yeah it's happened to me shit. too. But yeah, I was like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> you know, I understand. But yeah, let's put water in it. So when the child stayed... Um, oh, I took to that. So when the child stayed with Joanne, he had no access to television, internet, or a telephone. 
Frequently, Joanne and Andrew Sr. left him home alone and never told him where they were going. So if an emergency occurred, he didn't know how to contact them. And since I wasn't a telephone, he had no way of contacting help, period. On one occasion, the child was ill with a temperature of 102. He was vomiting regularly and had like, ex- like excessive diarrhea. Instead of getting him medical attention, Joanne and Andrew left him over- alone overnight to go out with a friend. Jesus Christ, right. man. Then in November 2012, the child acquired strep throat. When Joanne didn't seek medical attention for him, Laura Lee took him to a walk-in clinic to be treated and prescribed medication. She took him back to the house on Dole Avenue, and when she went to check on him the next day, she discovered Joanne had taken him with her to Elkhorn, Wisconsin, on a pill run. Sick child. Let's take him on a pill run, right? These people just, you know, I I thought this was just going to be something where they just kind of made a mistake. No. No, these people are... These people are straight up garbage. Like straight up, dude. It, Joanne and Andrew Senior. If you guys do hear this, fuck yourselves. Yeah. Matter of fact, while you're in your little prison cell, how about fashioning a nice little noose? You don't. You honestly. Yeah. You don't deserve to live. I I don't agree. I agree with you right there. I agree with you one hundred. I don't normally condone suicide, but you know what? Straight up. They did. I mean, she deserved the death penalty for hey, real. I'll tell you what: if they if they want to drink some bleach, I'll buy the bleach and give them a straw. Here you go. Yeah, that's just <laughs> cocktail. You don't do that to kids, man. Right. Like, okay, because it, it, well, it, it reminds me of like when Jake was like five, I think five or six, and uh, and I was working as a diesel mechanic at the time because mm-hmm. I had taken a break from like music and everything else. Because believe it or not. Music can be very, very stressful. And oh yeah, so, I found that out. Yeah, <laughs> just just being around me, you know, stress, <laughs> stress runs high. So uh, I'm I'm at work. I'm feeling good because you know, freaking, you know, I'm getting all dirty and greasy and doing a real job. And I get a call. We were seeing we were we were living with my my stepmom at the time uh, here in Vancouver. And Karen calls me and she goes, "Hey man, Jake is really sick. He's in the bathroom. He's throwing up." And Dude, I washed up, got my coveralls off, and went home, right, and made sure that he was comforted and everything like that, and got him into bed, and, and he felt he, he felt way better knowing that I was even there. Exactly. And I got him into bed, and I explained to him, buddy, I gotta go back to work, you know, so let's get you into bed, and, and he fell asleep, and then I went back to work, and I came home like at two o'clock in the morning, like I normally did, right, no worse for wear. I can't fucking imagine my kid being sick Dude. and going, hey, I'm going to take you out to, let's say, Sherry's restaurant because I want a cup of coffee. Anything much less going, yeah. hey, I'm going to take you out with me. And on I'm a gonna coke go get, run. On, on, on a cocaine <laughs> run. Yeah. You know, and this is, by the way, just for our listeners, I was clean. Well, yeah, you were clean fine. by the time Jake was born, well, weren't you? Yeah, I was very clean. By yeah. The time. But yeah, I can't imagine having my coke habit then go, hey, buddy, yeah. I know you're sick and you're vomiting. You feel like shit, but you know what? We're going to go to a different state. Yeah. And we're going to pick up some cocaine because daddy needs a little something. <laughs> Dad needs a little something. Well, I'll tell you what. I was working in Beaverton for a security company. And my daycare provider called me on the phone. And she was like, you know what, Tammy? I just want you to know that Jeremiah was playing outside. And he tripped and fell and hit his head on one of the big rocks that I have in my front yard. Oh, damn. He's got a nice little knot. But he seems to be fine. I'm watching him. I won't let him take a nap. Because a child, you really don't want to take a nap when they have a concussion. Unlike an adult whose brain is fully formed. Um, however, the neighbor who actually worked for corrections in Hillsborough, he worked at the restitution center. He was, he heard that it had happened. He rushed right over and removed the boulders right away. But 
as soon as she told me that, I'm like, dude, I got to go. My kid is hurt. God you know, damn. and so I went and I, I made sure it was just a little goose egg. He, his eyes were fine, you know, because I checked his eyes and dilation and everything. Because even though I'm not trained, I kind of know what to look for. Right, right, right. You know, so it's like, so I did all that. And then once I realized he was safe and he was okay, I went back to work. But it's like, those are, that's your kid. Yeah, exactly. It's like man. you as a parent should have this ingrained thing of protection in you to protect them from all harm. Yeah, but you know, some people have that drug addiction, you know, and that That's takes true. that takes precedence over their kids, and it's fucking, it's it's sad, it, it, it's fucked up, is what it is, man. If you if you're a junkie and you got kids, don't bitch when they get taken away. Either you do one of two things: you're either going to choose your dope, or you're going to choose your kids. But make the fucking May choice. I make, uh, yeah, because I was clean by the time I had my son too. But you know what? When I had him, I vowed that. Every, he came first, no matter what. As soon as I found out I was pregnant with him, he came first. I know. Kind of wanted to launch my son a few times. Especially, <laughs> I kind of want to launch both of our kids a few times. No, that's that's facts, man. <laughs> like especially, I remember, uh, I think I've told this story in the air before, but I can't remember. But uh, I'd come home from work. I was still being a decent mechanic. And, and so. Oh, is this what you were telling me about that last week? Uh, about maybe. the daddy. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, I, I had a routine, man, because Jake and I shared the same bed. It was a big king size bed. And so I would I would go into the bathroom and I would uh, you know, take a shower. Right. That way there I got, you know, any residual dirt and grease off me because I don't want to go to bed, you know, smelling like ass. And uh, I'm tired, man. I'm fucking tired. This is on a, a Saturday morning and it's like two, three o'clock in the morning, and I'd worked like a fourteen hour day. So I'm tired. So I'm laying in bed, and I'm just don't, don't not going to hear this whisper. Daddy. <laughs> you know what I'm doing? I'm not saying shit. I'm going <laughs> to ignore this little bastard, and he'll fall back to sleep. Man. A little bit louder. Daddy. Nope. Nope. Not today, asshole. I'm going to sleep. The police helicopter's looking for you. Probably. <laughs> he pries both of my eyes open with his little hands. He goes, Daddy, are you awake? And I'm like, oh, fuck, I am now. <laughs> Okay, I love you. Night, night. And he rolled over and went to sleep. Now I'm wide awake. <laughs> you little fucker. Yeah, I'm staring, staring at the ceiling. I ought to launch this kid with a catapult. <laughs> Into next year. Yeah, God damn, man. <laughs> now, I also found that the school failed, AJ. And after I read this, I have a little, you know, quip about this. During 2011 and 2012 school year, the child was absent for approximately one full month. Jesus then, Christ. Then in the 2012-2013 school year, between September and October, one month he missed 10 straight days before he went to live with Lorelai. Now, this is what I have to say. My son ended up with chicken pox when he was in, like, third or fourth grade. And mind you, he had already had the chicken pox vaccine, but I exposed him to chicken pox anyways, just in case. You know, because for a male to get chicken pox later is deadly. No, hold on. Let me let me shoot down a lot of our listeners and say, what an asshole. Now, here's the thing. Like when I was we had up, chicken pox parties. Yeah. If if one kid in the in the in your neighborhood or your town got chicken pox, everybody you got, hey man, bring your kids over because Billy's got freaking chicken pox. Yeah. Because that way there, You're most ex- people yep. not me, because I don't have an immunity to chicken pox. Um, that's why I can't I don't even take the shingles vaccine because I don't I don't have an immunity. Wow. Will actually give me chicken pox, uh, adult chicken pox, and I've had them three times in the last yeah. in the hospital for like a month. I was going to say, adult chicken pox, <laughs> for, especially for a male, can be deadly. Yeah, it was. And it, it'll leave you sterile, but that's another point. I'm good with being sterile. I was going to say, you're already I, sterile, I but okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want kids. I don't like the little bastards. 
But um, that's fucked up. That is fucked up. I don't like kids, but I had to. Yeah. So so don't don't sit there and and, and bitch at her. Go. Oh my god, you exposed your kids to chicken pox. Uh, yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Well, like I said, he had already had the chicken pox vaccine, but he still got them. This kid had four chicken pox the entire time. However, every time one festers and is still you know in the boil stage, you cannot take them in to school. It has to crust over. So he had chicken pox, and I called. They said, hey, my son has chicken pox. They're like, okay. He was gone for four days, and they literally, on the second day, sent a truant officer to my house. Damn little truant And I was like, I called every day, and I have the doctor's note saying he had chicken pox. And they're like, okay, well, we're just checking. And I'm like, oh, my God. He's been absent two days, and you sent a truant officer to my house? I'm going to send a truant officer to your house just to be a dick (laughs) but you know if you know what i'm saying so the school failed him and also i and i've talked about this before but um the year that kyron horman went missing oh yeah yeah that weekend i had taken my son and uh one of his friends and then my friend jess who died in the car accident took her kids and we all went to goonfest in astoria where we were staying at the time we were staying at our uh grandparents uh we called it the lake of the river house <laughs> and there's no cell service out there. And I forgot to call my son in absent before we left and I had no cell service. So by the time I got into Astoria and got cell service, my phone literally had 10 messages from the school and three from the law, the local police department. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) So I called the school and I was like, look, I said, I'm really sorry. I forgot to call Jeremiah in. We're out of town, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, we just want to make sure he's safe. I go, what do you mean make sure he's safe? And then they told me about Kyron Horman. And I was like, oh, fuck. Honestly, on the surface, it's a pain in the ass. You're like, hey, why are you accusing me? But, you know, there's so many freaky things that happen to kids. And I've said this before, like kids and hookers are the most violated and old people are the most violated fucked with people on the planet because they're easy targets right we got less than 15 minutes okay i'm almost done with this section then we'll end it all right you're good okay so while the child was living with joanne there were several occasions where he didn't have access to water at all he was often without hot water then when the weather became colder he was left without heat jesus yeah Fucking hey, good good job, uh, state of where, where, Wisconsin, Illinois, Illinois. Good job, yeah. Good freaking job, Debbie. yeah. Bang McHenry up job. County, by the way. McHenry County, great bang up job. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. so proud of you. They should all drink bleach too. Yeah. So Joanne even refused to clean the house. Instead, she would delegate the cleaning to the child. If he didn't complete his assigned task fast enough, she would berate him. And if he didn't meet her, if it didn't meet her standards, she forced him to stay in his room. She would lock him in his room. And the child told Lorelai that Joanne confided in him on multiple occasions that she had consumed and or was intoxicated from legal substances. Okay, who's going to tell their 11-year-old child, you know what, I'm high as fuck. Um, yeah, I would do that. I'd be like, hey, Jake, I'm higher than giraffe pussy right now. So <laughs> I know. You tell him now. I'm drunk. Dude, don't talk to me. I'm drunk. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a project. I'm half drunk. It better be fucking good, dude. It better be good. And he's 20. Yeah. Now, Laura Lee claimed Joanne paid Andrew Sr. for his legal services by providing him with unauthorized prescription medication. She often took the child with her to purchase the medication. 
The child claimed he often witnessed Joanne and Andrew Sr. engage in verbal arguments that ended in physical confrontations. He claimed he witnessed Joanne strike Andrew Sr. with a fist. He also saw Andrew Sr. physically shove Joanne. The violence became so bad, he feared for his own safety and the safety of his mother. It's like Mortal Kombat, man. Right? Somebody, sh- somebody should have been watching that. You know what that kid should have done? Is look at him up, go, finish him. <laughs> <laughs> and then the child told Lorelai during one of the physical altercations between Joanne and Andrew Sr., she pulled a knife on him and threatened to stab him. One of your girlfriends, Andrew Senior. Well, hold on, back up, back up. Now she sounded pretty good. You know what? I can forgive you for a lot of your little stabby, stabby. <laughs> Let me give you my number. It's three six zero. Shut uh, up. <laughs> now Andrew Senior responded by pushing her down the stairs, and frequently Andrew Senior dressed in his old army uniform and would march to the house waving his gun around, which frightened the child. And Joanne never intervened to try to protect him. And then shortly before the petition was filed, Joanne and Andrew Sr. got into a physical altercation and the police responded. Joanne was arrested and charged with domestic battery. Frequently, when Joanne and Andrew Sr. engaged in physical violence, the child witnessed his mother getting assaulted and he claimed he feared for her life. Sometimes he would get so scared he would hide in his room and fear his mother wouldn't be alive when he came out. And after the child was left in Laura Lee's care, care, he blatantly refused to go back to his mother's house. When he refused to return to his mother's, Joanne told him if he didn't go back, she would kill herself. Yeah. Who's going to say that to an 11-year-old child? Jesus Christ, man. On one occasion in the summer of 2012, Joanne... Uh, took the child and barricaded both of them in her room. She told him if they left the room, her neighbors would kill them. Her actions scared him so much, he was reduced to tears. A couple of weeks before the petition was filed, Joanne went to Laura Lee's to visit the child. During the visit, he ran and locked himself in the bathroom and refused to come out until she was gone. And he also told Laura Lee if he was forced to return to his mother's, he would just run away. Now, being, uh, being a because of being forced to live in constant fear, hunger, and filth, the child suffered from physical distress. By willfully denying, denying and depriving the child of proper medical f- care, food, and a clean and healthy living environment, the child suffered physical, emotional, and mental harm. Lordly claimed that if she were to return the child to his mother's care, he would be in danger of physical, emotional, and mental harm. It wasn't in the child's best interest to return to his mother's custody. He should remain in Laura Lee's custody and any visits with Joanne should be supervised, which I agree with. 100. 100. Now, I'm going to go ahead and end there because, you know, we're expecting the call. But that is just one of the things that substantiated the claims prior before AJ was placed back with his parents. Just fucking appalled, man. That's Exactly. Exactly. And it, all of this was ignored. Of course, of so, course. And remind me in part two to tell to give everybody my take on CPS. You, yeah, yeah, because that's what it's called here, CPS. But out there, it's called DCFS. But yeah. Right, right. Yeah, uh, so that's it for now. All right, remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. Get on to Facebook, you lazy bastards. Join Citizens <laughs> of Brutal Nation. You'll enjoy the conversation, that's for sure. Hey, by the way, if you're already on Citizens of Brutal Nation, don't be shy. Like, yeah. we see so many people that follow us on Brutal Nation, on, on, on Citizens that, that don't interact. Don't be shy, man. Drop a line. At least say hi. Say, hey, Scotty, we know that you're fabulous. Or, hey, man, you know we saw your picture. You have resting bitch face. I don't care. But interact, man. Like, yeah. I promise. I swear to God, I will not bite no matter 
how vicious I might appear. Yeah, he's not a rabid dog. Well, today. Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> this show's copyright 2023 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. And if you're hearing this or any part of this on anybody else's show or podcast, they're lying, thieves, and bastards. bastards. And we will see you guys later on. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.